Welcome to another episode of Inside Canadian Real Estate. Today, I'm sitting with my friend Armin. He's actually a realtor at the same brokerage as me here at Century 21 Atria, um, but he actually specializes in pre-construction sales, primarily um, new condo builds, so high-rise projects across Toronto, the GTA. He's the guy when it comes to pre-con, does a lot of pre-con deals. Actually, he just won a huge award as a top producer in pre-con. So he sold more pre-con than anyone else at our brokerage. And we got about 500 agents. I'd say half of them are focusing on pre-con. So to be number one in that pool is pretty big. So if you have any interest at all in pre-con as an investor, as a buyer, you're looking at what's going on right now in the condo market in Toronto, this is the episode that you're going to want to listen to. And also, even if you're an agent trying to get into the pre-con space, there's a lot you're going to learn today. So whether you're an agent, a buyer, an investor, this is an episode for you. It's all about pre-con. Let's talk about it. I'll jump right in and talk to Armin. Here he is. All right, Armin. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you being here today. Of course, man. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, man. Always happy to have you. Why don't we jump right in and have you kind of tell everyone about you, who you are, and what you do, and then we'll go from there. Sure. Um, Armin Partash. I'm a real estate broker at uh, Century 21. Been in the business around uh, 14, 15 years. I've... Um, Majority of my business comes from uh, pre-construction sales, mm -hmm. but I do resale as well. So I would say maybe 70-30. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I used to do only resale, but uh, about, I guess, seven, eight years ago, yeah, I shifted to uh, mostly pre-construction. So, yeah. Nice. What what made you kind of shift into the pre-con side? It was honestly... Uh, I would say maybe accidentally and Ryan, I don't know if you know Ryan or not from Rare Realty. Mm, yeah. Um, he actually uh, encouraged me and admired me to do it. It was a project with, from, well, from uh, Crestford, 1815 Young Street. Mm. They were selling the pre-construction. Uh, I was selling like here and there, one or two, nothing at that, and I, like a, on a volume. Yeah. And then he just told me, listen, uh, why don't you just, you know, start working like actively on a, on a pre-con mm. rather than just, you know, going like showing, not that there's anything wrong with that, going like showings back to back yeah, from yeah. here to there. And hey, I don't like the kitchen. I like yeah, this yeah, and that. Yeah. Try to bring clients in one day to the sales office and see right. how many sales you can, you can make. And then I start calling everyone. The first one was my brother. He bought one. And then uh, wow. he's actually one of his employee. I called him. He bought as well. But I, I gathered everyone. I called everyone. Hey guys, there's a, there's a, you know, uh, right at the Young Street, there's a pre-construction going on. Why don't you guys come in? We'll give you a tour and then, you know, uh, everything about the how the pre-construction... And I was new to pre-construction myself yeah. as well. I was selling, but not in that level. So I sold a lot in one day uh, on that project, which I, I really appreciate Ryan's help on, the, on that one. I, I will have to say that, give him a credit. And then um, after that, I'm like, listen, this is this is actually working perfectly for both my clients yeah. myself so i started investing myself as well and nice. then i i shifted and it's so addictive and I, there's so much work there's so much yeah. time consuming and it's uh sounds like pretty easy from uh right uh if you don't if you're not really into it but it's it's not it's not that easy honestly pre-con but uh yeah i liked it and i and i like to you know sitting down with the developer you know like yeah. getting deals getting to know them get to the next level i would say it's uh Sometimes you, you you have a client they want to customize the unit. You need to bring an architect. You need to bring the engineers, yeah. uh, designers. I, I like those things. My background is in a, in, in a construction. Interesting. So I really really like I those know things. That. All, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah it, it's one of those things that like it sounds easy in theory, but in practice, there's a lot of moving pieces. A lot. And it takes a lot of work. I mean, the benefit, like you said, is like you know the the product is there. You can bring clients in and you just sell. You're not looking yep. for the next listing or where am I going to get my deal from. The deals are there. You have the you have the deal flow. You just got to get the client flow in now, right? 
Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really not that easy to sell a condo or property, whatever, on a piece of paper. Yes. There's nothing else. Exactly. There, right? even, even if they have, like, a model suite or anything, it's, that's, yeah. like, nothing that uh, compared to when you walk into your unit or a home, you feel everything, yeah, you yeah. touch, you say, this is where I want to live. Yeah. Or a piece of paper. So that that is hard. I've not sold precon yet. I haven't touched it, but like I imagine that's one of the hardest things is like trying to sell something that's not tangible yet. Cause like yeah. in real estate, it's such a it is such a visual, like visual, tangible industry. It's easy to bring a client in, they fall in love, they touch something, they see the window, look at the light, like exactly. they fall in love and then yeah. you sell them. But without that, you really gotta know yeah. how to like how like how how do you sell them without that tangible asset? Yeah, it's it's honestly it's um uh, getting getting them to to understanding like it's not it's not a, first of all everyone's cup of tea right, right? it's uh you got to understand like pros and cons between precon and a resale the most important part of it is it's a preconstruction it's it's price is higher than resale right so i don't know you get, you, you got to understand okay if i'm if i'm buying something on a piece of paper down the road i can customize it right you know when it comes to color selection yeah i can choose my finishing you know, I can upgrade my appliances, yeah. floor, uh, backsplash, this and that. So you're actually customizing unit to mm. 100% of your, your liking rather than if you go to a buying a, let's go to the resale right now. You walk into the unit, you like it, but you wish this unit was uh, on a higher floor or right. a different direction. Right. Or the bathroom had different finishings. Right. So you either have to settle with whatever is available yeah. in the market or wait until something comes out with a, within your liking yeah. or do a massive renovation. So th there's pros and cons, obviously. Yeah. So. No, that makes sense. And actually, I, I forgot to say, but congratulations, because you just won a pretty interesting <laughs> award. Thanks so you much. You want to talk about that? that? What was the award? Uh, Pre-construction top producer of the year. It's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. For, a, for a brokerage like Atria, because we're both at the same brokerage, right. there's a lot of pre-con done here. Yeah. So, so basically be the top producer of one of the biggest brokerages doing it. It's a big deal. Thank you. No, That's I, a really I'm, big I'm very, deal. I'm very, very grateful for, for my clients uh, that trust me. Honestly, it's uh, you know, it's not a, a one or two deals. These are all yeah. my repeat buyers. They come right. in and, and that back to your question, if it's if they buy one precon yeah. and they don't make good money out of it or they lose money, that's that buyer is gone. Like they're not gonna come right. back to me again and say, Hey, let's okay, trust. now you're introducing this project. I wanna buy. So I gotta be very, very careful that this project that I'm selling to you as a buyer, you're gonna make money. So yeah. uh, that's a due date. But thank you so much. Yeah, that I'm, I'm very grateful for for team as well, for Stephen Chow, that he, he helps a lot. He's a is a big shot in pre-construction yeah. brokerages out of there. Yeah. So as um yeah, I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, no problem. It's a, it's a big achievement. I know how hard it is, and it's definitely something that you build over time. And like you said, the reputation is the biggest part of it. A lot of people get into anything really in life and in business, and they don't really go very far because the reputation catches up. You can right. do good for one year, for two years, but to do good over and over and over and over and grow the way you have, it's yeah. because people trust you. Like, it's not one-off transactions. So, man, yeah. it's it, it's a big deal, and you did it in a, in, a, in a big brokerage that does a lot of these deals, so you really stood out. Thank you. Um, and it, it's inspiring. I know a lot of new agents, like, that's definitely an avenue because a lot of new agents coming into the business, they don't have clients yet. They don't have listings to put up. And so one of the ways, I mean, I know a lot of our management here pushes is like, hey, get into pre-con because we have the deals. What do you think about that? And kind of what advice do you have for those new agents? Yeah, man, it's, uh, that, that's a great point. It's, uh, the pre-con for the new agents can be your listing. You mm -hmm. know, just, just uh, especially right now, man, in this market, you can become a VIP agent. Like it, for us, it took a long time yeah. to become a VIP broker because yeah. they give you a threshold. Like you got to send this many, you got to sell this many of units yeah. and you continuously got to sell in every project. 
Otherwise, they're not going to give you allocation or you're not the VIP anymore. Right. But right now, in this slow market, it's the best opportunity for agents mm. to become a VIP. Why? Because you go to the developer and say, hey, listen, how many inventory you have? Like, yeah. you're not selling well, obviously. Like, most of the projects are not selling well. You got to be very honest. Yeah. So, hey, what if I bring you three? You don't need to bring 10. Yeah. You don't need to bring 15 like before. I bring you three buyers, and if they buy... Would you put me on your VIP list for the next project? And I get allocation, mm. and that allocation becomes your your upper like that's that's the best thing you can have in a pre-construction market yeah. that you get your allocations right right because you sell or you co-op with the other agents right. either way you 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 win it. So right now, as a, as a new agent, grab those listings to put it out as your advert as your own listing. Yep. It's, it's your listing. Advertise. Yep. Do whatever you need. Send it to your buyers. Start selling. And as soon as you feel like I have or two or three buyers, go to the developer. Hey, yeah. that the, the, what, what I need in return is just become your VIP. Yeah, no, I love that. And especially like at our brokerage, like with, with Steven, like it helps a lot. Like it's I know not, you have a little bit of your own thing and you have some of your own allocations and relationships, but like Steven is essentially handing a, br- a brand new agent can come into Atria and start selling. Yeah. Like Steven has the allocations yeah. and we can market the projects and we can move projects from day one. Yeah. That's a pretty big plus. And the commissions are pretty, I mean, I know they're spread out, but like yeah. a lot of people don't realize they're pretty strong. It's, it's pretty strong. And it's honestly, if you do well, uh, I was just actually talking to, Nat, to one of our top producer agents last night at the Christmas party, some, yeah. some d- different brokerage's Christmas party. She, she does a lot of pre-con. And then, you know, when you do a lot and after four or five years... You just forget how many you sold, yeah. right? And then you just get checks yeah. from uh, from the developers, yeah. the brokerage calls, <laughs> hey, well, you get paid, you get paid. Like, wow, that, that's, that's awesome. It. But on the on the first few years, it's gonna be a little bit difficult yeah. because if especially if you're searching from resell to pre-con, you used to get paid in I don't know two three months. Yeah. Here you gotta wait a year, two years, three years, four years. Right. But if you do continuously, you sell. Like you know, become a top producer, then yeah. you don't you don't feel it because you you're getting your checks like. On, yeah. a, on a regular basis. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah that first year is going to be rough. And uh, I've, I've heard some of those stories. Cause it's like, man, I've sold 10 units, but like, I don't have any money. Where's all my money? <laughs> so that first year is like yeah. tricky. But yeah, once yeah. it catches up for sure, I, yeah. I can imagine. It's like, it's mailbox money. It just starts, the checks yeah. start coming in. You don't even realize it. It's and it's, if, if you don't mind to add this, it's yeah. uh, like for, for top resale uh, brokers or agents, mm-hmm. when they come to pre-con, they get so much surprise. Like, they, first of all, they don't like pre-con for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to get to that. Yeah. But it's funny that they don't know much details about the pre-con right. when they understand, actually, they become interested. Yeah. Oh, man, that, that's that's a great segment of our, our market that I can yeah. tap in. Yeah. And I add to that again, resale agents can do very well in a, in a pre-con right now yeah. because they buyers or sellers that have like equity sitting on an equity, you know, mm-hmm. and, and homes and houses and they can, they can invest it in pre-con rather than ours are tapped in. Like they, mm. they, they don't have the capacity to, to invest anymore because right. they invested They've so much. It. So for them, it's a great opportunity yeah. as well, again, to get into the pre-con. Interesting point. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. And I, I know one of the big selling points, at least in my mind for pre-con right now is when we're in the high interest rate environment, there's a bit of an arbitrage going on because you have these these developers that are more willing to sell now. They're more motivated, maybe oh, yeah. more incentives, more deals. And you're able to lock in today's pricing and today's incentives, but you're not affected by the mortgage rates because you're not closing until nope. the project is done. That's is that the beauty. case? That's the beauty of, yeah. of pre-construction. And it's, again, it's not everyone's cup of tea because mm-hmm. this is this is what I talk to my uh, every time out to my buyers. It's, listen, if you have the 20% down, 
if you can get a mortgage in this high interest rate environment and you have that you can you can handle this if let's say there's another interest hike right. or whatever so you're still not going to affect it you're not going to get panicked mm. you're better off to get into the resa there's so many great opportunities out but if you are someone like me like this is how i started investing in the pre-construction because my lifestyle is just as we just talking about before before the the show started yeah. is i you know spend my money on yeah. things that i maybe i shouldn't yeah. so i force myself to with with this investment, so I buy pre-construction, and I know, hey, Armin, you have a yeah, payment in two months, yeah, whatever. So do not go buy a watch yeah. or this and that because you have a payment. Otherwise, you're losing your unit. Exactly. So it's a forced saving yes. for me and for everyone else as well. Yeah. So back to your question, exactly. You don't need mortgage. Yeah. You just pay in installments, yeah. and well, we all hopeful that in three, four, five years, we hopefully back to, I don't know, three, 3.5%, something like yeah. that, right? That's just... I hope so. <laughs> that That's the big question. I know we're talking about that too, but but rates coming down. Yeah. I mean, they'll definitely come down. We don't know how far, but they right. definitely will come down. So when, when those when those projects close, you got a great price right now. You right. got it at the right time, lots of incentives, yeah. um, but you're going to be at a lower rate. And hopefully that also makes the value go up along the way too. Hi, yeah. Well, it's... A little bit. What's the, to be honest with you, with the, the gap between resale and the pre-construction got bigger and bigger when the COVID started. Interesting. Uh, so 2014 and 15, actually, it wasn't that much a difference between pre-con and a resale. Mm. Prior to that, it was, and that during that day, it was cl- very close. I would say it was it was always higher. In, in what way? So pre-con's more expensive. Price, yeah. Gotcha. Right now, it's man. Downtown is like we had 30, 40 percent difference. Yeah. So. Again, if you have the wow. money, you can get a resale with that. Like, I don't know, you you, you buy it right now. It's a two bedroom. You got to pay a mill. Yeah. But with mill in downtown, you can get nice three bedrooms. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's a pros and cons. But again, if there's appreciation. So right now, as we talked about, like you can become a VIP, but VIP broker agents, how they leverage the contact and, and relationship with the developers is getting deals right now. Mm. So getting like assignments or right to lease or, or free locker things like that man these are these are like yeah. a given like you yeah. you should have yeah, that yeah. already yeah, your yeah. agent has to go and negotiate the price psf that's where you 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 make money and that's what we do right now like i pick and choose my 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 developers i don't sell anyone's product mm. as, as you know like so many developers are actually going under the water right now yes and it's, it's scary very scary. Uh, so you got to be very careful who you who you're working with. But at the same time, I go and ask. Listen, like I'm not I'm not your uh, like new agent or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. I need deals. Yeah. I need to go to tell my buyers. Listen, exactly. with all these years, this and that, I give you 100, 200 bucks, whatever PSF discount. Yeah. So now you already build an equity because you buy it at a discount price. Yeah. Now it makes sense to you buy. Otherwise, why would yep, you buy? Exactly. So these are these are the things that, that you can negotiate, and it's a slow market. It's the perfect time to buy pre-construction. To be interesting, honest with you. I didn't know that was even an option that you could negotiate that. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. That's actually in this cool. market yeah. right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, that that's a big help, and I mean, I'm sure the the developers are willing to do that too, especially yeah. for those VIP agents because. They got to sell something. Like if the building's not moving, it's, right. it's better to move it at something than not move it at all, right? And for the, for them actually carrying uh, the the land, yeah. it's much more expensive than starting a construction. So that's why they want to get to the seventy five percent sold, yeah. so they can release that uh, the the finance construction finance to start the construction. Right. So it's uh, and especially let's like if if I can talk about this for hours and hours, but Love if it. if when you see the developer is like almost at seventy five percent, yeah. 
So they need few units to sell. That's the best time to go and negotiate yeah, with yeah. them. They, they cannot change the deposit structure and a, a, like stretch it out too much because then that deal doesn't count right. a, as a deal for the bank. Right. So you got to keep that in their right. criteria, but price-wise. Because they know if I sell these three, then I'm at 75, they cannot start the construction. So that's the best time to, to, to negotiate with them. Yeah. It's like buying a car at the end of the year. Exactly. I like that a lot, yeah. actually. See, I'm learning stuff. So hopefully, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, we should talk about that now on the customer side, especially like, What's the appeal? Because, I mean, pre-con was obviously really hot for a lot of reasons. Now we know the appeal is, well, you're saying there's deals to be had, developers. But how do you mitigate, you know, fr from a client standpoint, if they have fears around the risk? So, like, right. well, how do I know this building's not going to go bust or the developers going to disappear? Like, how are you mitigating that for the clients? Right. No, that, that's, a, that's an amazing question. And I, and I tell you this, it's, um, there's n we cannot always, like, there's no guarantee, right? Mm. So developer can cancel the project at any time they think is this is not uh, like financially feasible for them, mm. right? So we have that. But what we do to make sure that we're working with the rep, like you got to go see their, their portfolio. Have they done any cancellation prior to this project? Mm. How many projects they built? And then what, what if, are, they building with their, are they building with their own money? They have investors or they're only relying on a, on a bank finance. Mm. So these are the things that you need to know. And then you got to make sure that they have the, the site approval and zoning approval on a paper. Otherwise, right. I wouldn't even touch that that site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you can buy a land right now, start pre-sale without even having a zoning on a without having a really uh, yeah on a, the the permit. Huh. So what if you sell thirty three floors? Yeah, and then you find out okay, I cannot build this. So wow. you're gonna cancel the project. You as a buyer, you can get your money back. It might take a year. It might take two years. Wow. But imagine you missed on different opportunities yeah. plus your your va money value dropped like yeah. what was it two years ago and now yeah. like, and we saw that like in, in yeah. different projects which is unfortunate. <laughs> but again, you got to make sure that yeah, you're working with the reputable builder. They have good finance. They have like money management. One thing right. that I, we see some uh, developers cannot build right now because they don't have a solid money management. Mm. This is what it is. So when they prior to COVID, they they sold projects. Now they can't even finish it with the price that they sold because it's they're losing money. Holy. That's how they cheap. They, yeah. they, they honestly. So again, back to this. If I see something is so cheap, yeah. I wouldn't go and buy because to me, it's how are you gonna build this? Exactly. Doesn't so make sense. It's so yeah. many things yeah. that you need to consider and sit down and, and put on the paper and make sure that you have your good due diligence until you understand, okay, this is a good project that me and my buyers can, can yeah. invest in. See, that, that's a very good point. And that's why if you're looking to do pre-con, they got to work with an agent that knows what they're doing. Right. Because like, how else would you know this? Like, I didn't even know, like, I didn't know that you, until recently, I didn't know that they could start selling without zoning. I thought yeah. they had to get all their approvals done ahead of time. I didn't know that until we just bought a house. I bought a detached house in Bradford. Um, and when the lawyers did the review of the contract, I had them review the same day. They're like, yeah, you know, the builder doesn't have, doesn't have zoning approvals. <laughs> now, the only reason I went ahead with it is because it's great golf and they've built the right. whole, like all yeah. of Bradford is them. Yeah. And when you look at their portfolio companies, they're $17 billion company. These 90 homes probably aren't going to affect them in the, in the right. least. So I'm like, fine, we'll do it. And sure enough, they got their approvals. They're, they're just trying nice. to get ahead of themselves. Yeah. But I didn't even know that was possible until the lawyers caught that yeah. recently. And I'm like, what, they can sell this without exactly. even having approvals? Yeah. But yeah. that's a thing. And see, you've known that. I didn't even know that. And I was an agent. 
Yeah, but you, again, you did you did your due diligence. You you find out okay, this is great golf. Who they are, what they built, you know, right. so many things that you can. But again, at the end, there's no guarantee. Exactly. But these are at least the minimum you can you can do to make sure that you you're going with that exactly. reputable builder. But that's definitely a lot easier process if you have an agent that knows what they're doing. Right. That that's kind of an as an individual because a lot of people will say like, why will I buy precon? through an agent, not go direct. Well, obviously some don't let you go direct, but the other reason is all of this stuff. Like, how do you know 100%. this? Right. And man, that the, uh, with all the respect to all of them, which we, I work with most of uh, these marketing or, or salespeople who are working at developers office, they work with the developer, not you. Of course. Exactly. So they're not there to protect you. Yeah. So the little things that we actually talk about, we go and negotiate, they won't do it for you. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. They, 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 you know, they work for the developer, not for you. So having an agent who actually knows in and out about the pre-construction right. can save you a lot of money. I remember this. Uh, it was seven, eight years ago. One of our my friend who was an agent. He actually moved to a different country right now, but uh, he bought a pre-construction at the Young and Finch area, and he didn't cap the levies. Mm. It was a townhouse. Mm-hmm. On a closing date, he called me and said, you know how much I have to pay for the development charges and levies and stuff? I'm like, how much? 55000 Wow. I'm like, dude, you didn't cap? So what is what's capped? I'm like, yeah, you got to cap all these costs. Otherwise, they can increase it as, as much as they happen because that, that levies and stuff increases every year. Yeah. City increased those charges. He didn't cap and was an agent and he had to pay 55000 And the ones who were capped, they capped it at, at 15000 Wow. So he paid 40000 more than the other ones who capped those costs. So he just signed the contract that basically said, we can charge you whatever we want on closing. Yeah, if, if, if there's no cap, <laughs> there's if no you cap don't cap levies, it, yeah. not every, every, whatever they want, but whatever the, the, the price of that Whatever they incur. Of, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah that, that's a big one. Like I know That at least I knew to look for. And luckily, <laughs> Great Golf just has that. Like They'll put yeah. a cap from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, we can charge up 20 grand. We won't charge you more than that. Fine. But not having that would be really scary. Yeah. Now, right. now they do. They, they cap it. Uh, but uh, again, we go and negotiate that even to make it lower than that. That's but awesome. again, like, like capping levies and stuff, you got to go read that, uh, that, that, mm. the agreement and see what they're actually capping. There's a soft and a hard cap. So uh, when you have that 10-day cooling-off period, we, we send it to our lawyer yeah. who's specialized in a pre-con. I'm like, listen, can you tell us they capped, I don't know, for X amount for the levies and development charges, right. but what else is left on the table to pay? And then they come up, hey, there's another 10 grand actually mm. because this, this, this hydro is not in it. The levies for the park is not, the education levy is not there. Wow. So you got to go back to the developer say, hey, we want actually everything to be capped. Wow. Not just what you say because that's, that's tricky again as well. So that's, that, that's why the 10 days cooling off period there. So, it's wow. there. so yeah. that, makes, that makes sense. I didn't know this either, but apparently, and, and unless I was misinformed, but the 10-day cooling period is apparently only on condos and doesn't right. apply in detached. Is that true? Yeah, no, no freehold. No. Wow, because yeah. that, that caught me off guard too when we did our house because I've never done a pre-con detached. Right. And I was like, what do you mean there's no cooling off period? I thought they were just trying to like screw me. I'm like, what do you mean there's no cooling off period? And she's like, no, 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 there's no cooling off period. It's detached. I don't know the logic. Like, do you know the logic there? Have you ever explored that? Why? Well, you honestly, I don't, I don't know. There's so many things in, in, in this Right, pre-con that it doesn't make sense yeah. to be honest with you compared to uh even the bc like mm. here uh pre-con when it's building is gets to the registration and the occupancy yeah. right the so occupancy not registration they give you the key you can go live in it if you have a right to lease you can lease it out right and you got to pay the phantom rent to yeah, the yeah yeah but the building is under construction right there's no amenities 
there's like plywood in that yeah, in a, in a, a elevator workers are working there bc has to be 100 finished yeah. like that makes sense that, that makes sense <laughs> yeah and yeah. we just we at the occupancy at the uh, nobu right now uh my bunch of my buyers actually they moved in and they're paying right now you know the phantom rate and the occupancy is way Heard too high, high because yeah. of the interest rate yeah. uh, my colleague says listen like forget about amenities like there are nails and, and the screws and things like that on the floor that that can hurt me. Oh Why am I paying God. this much maintenance fee and uh and uh, including yeah. in my phantom rent? Yeah. That's the law. Like there's there's nothing you can do. And it's gonna take another year, maybe six months, maybe I'm wrong, oh but my uh, God. to finish all those amenities and the building is up and running. And how long can they charge that for? It's twelve months or twenty four months? As or is much there? as they, they can take. Really? Yeah. So if Holy the cow. if uh the the worst one was uh Pier twenty seven. That that uh, project took two years. Really, from occupancy to final closing, man. That that they paid that, that, that much. That hurts. That hurts that, a lot. And imagine you don't have the right to lease. You couldn't re- re- exactly. lease it. That's and just, you don't want to live in it. Just coming it. off oh your bottom God. line. That's 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 disaster. that's your that's yeah. your that's your margin on your deal, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. That that's scary, and you'd be surprised how many people don't even know about no? that. I've talked to a few people recently that bought precon, um, more so in the York region projects from some big builders. Um, which I won't even name names so they don't know who I'm talking about, but they've signed deals. There's there's a project that's, uh, it's where is it located now? It's it's around Center Street and like Bathurst pocket area. Uh-huh. Um, and anyway, they've signed for this deal and they went through an agent, a real estate agent did the deal. And the other day I, I, I asked them of this. I said, did you know that there could be these, these phantom rents or occupancy fees if they don't finish a certain amount? You still have to pay them. You're obligated to pay them. They're like, what like what do you mean we have to pay i'm like yeah you might have to start paying basically rent on this building until you're actually able to get the mortgage and they close on it and like we were never told that like your agent never mentioned that she's like not once i've never heard it i had no idea and this is a very large project it's a high rise that's probably going to happen it's almost definitely going to happen yeah and they've gone into this deal not even knowing about this like that's kind of scary because if you get stuck for two years and you're doing three grand a month That's like seventy grand. You you be surprised to see yeah. how many agents they don't know that, and they don't even know how to calculate the uh, wow. the phantom rent, which is upsetting. But it's right now ex- exactly like a lot of people they they walking away from deposit, but they yeah. cannot close I've because they that. can't even afford to to pay the uh, phantom rent or the the mm-hmm, occupancy mm-hmm, fee. Mm-hmm. It's it's too much, man. It's for like I don't know. Like I just closed <laughs> yesterday. Uh, my but I went to the final closing, but uh, we calculate the uh, phantom rent was sixty five hundred. Wow, that, really? That's that's a big money for the for Holy the building cow. which is not finished yet. It's just under construction. You just get the key because your unit is finished. Yeah, it's under warranty. They still gonna go back and forth because there's so many deficiencies. Oh my like, god! This is not the right way, honestly. Yeah, the builder's yeah. gonna hate me when I when they yeah, hopefully it's true, hear it. But yeah. it, this is honestly not the right way when you pay prime dollar. For a pre-construction, four years ago, five years ago, now it's get ready, but your unit is not even ready. Yeah. Like, work is gonna come back and forth to fix all those deficiencies. It's it's unfortunate. That's crazy. Are there any builders that don't do that, or they all do that? Well, no. There there are builders that are go like they do their PDI mm-hmm. themselves and then with the customer. Mm. So when you walk in, there's not m- much things to fix. There's not much deficiencies. Right. Uh, Tridel honestly is one of them. Mm. Like when you walk into the PDI with the Tridel, there's a very short list of, of mm-hmm. deficiencies. There's so many builders, like good builders, they do that. Trailer just came to my mind. Yeah. But yeah, no, some of them, they don't. I don't want to name who, but yeah, my yeah, yeah. own was a big yeah. list of 
deficiencies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, that's tough, especially when you're paying such a premium and these things exactly. are not cheap. Like, you expect to move into something that's ready. Right. So, no, I, I'm all for that. Like, talk about legislation changes. I think that that should be something. 100%. I should move man. into a finished project. Yeah. Right? Not not an unfinished project. That's always bothered me. Even even in, in detached. Like, when you move into a house and the neighborhood is like, there's no roads. There's no grass. There's mud. <laughs> there's no driveway. Like, you can't get your car up without covering it in mud. You can't even get up the curbs. Like, and, th- th- yeah, you have to move in. Like, you, you have, have no to choice. move in. Yeah. Like, that's, that's crazy to me. And, that. and imagine who's at fault. Who's under blame when these things happens with your client mm-hmm. agent it's the agent they're not going to call the builder and say hey no. why hey mr agent mrs agent why you sold me this so again back to the first question you said when you buy a pre-construction man you got to explain everything to a client say after five years when you got your unit ready yeah. these are the possibilities you might live there which is still under construction mm-hmm. you might don't have a gym for another six seven months yeah there's mud yeah. this and that you got to pay phantom rent yeah or you still want to buy yeah so all that said <laughs> do you still think it's a good time to invest a pre-con I, w- I would say to be honest with you in in past years that i and i sold a lot of pre-con yeah. this is the perfect time to buy pre-construction yeah. For, uh, again again and again and again it's not everyone's cup of tea if yeah. but if you are into pre-construction you want to invest in pre-construction this is a perfect time because market is slow and that negotiation it's it's right. you you got the brush and just paint man it's just that's that's what you're gonna do go ask for whatever you want that like compared to a year and a half ago which i'm I, i'm not saying who which developer but they, when i have my allocations the first round, they give you allocations. Usually, they give you a week, right? Right. So, you sell where it's at. The second round, when it comes, it's on a first come, first serve. Mm. And there is a marketing company, a developer. They like to do it at the very late evening. So, they start at like 9, 10 p.m. Wow. So, you got to prepare your client because market was hot. And they, they text you. I have a text message. She texted me. Say, hey, you have this unit? Five minutes. What? And it was 12 a.m. Oh my so god. So I gotta call my client okay, at twelve AM and say, listen, this yeah. is the unit you you wanted. You asked me to bring it for you, but you have five minutes. But this is what happened. I don't tell you the project, whatever. So I sent it. She was prepared because I told her stay up. This is what happened with this developer. I sent, she said again, give me five minutes. Let me talk to my husband. <laughs> she got back to me, say, We want it. I takes back there, I'll take it. She says, Sorry, sold. What? Man, it was literally six minutes. That's and that, I'm, I'm not saying that market, that market wasn't healthy, honestly. But that, from there, we are here right now. Yeah. So negotiate. Go yeah. to the market. Deposit structure, yeah. incentives, whatever you want. Yeah. No, I like that. I, I agree. And is it, is it typically an investor's market? Is that who you're dealing with? Or are you dealing with also end users? I do uh, uh, deal with uh, both. But yeah, investors, they, they love uh Pre-construction. Yeah. Have, have you seen the new stat? I think they released this headline a couple times this week that 50% of uh, condos in Toronto are owned by investors. Yes. Is that yeah. true? Do you feel that's true? I Is that what you're seeing? I don't I don't think 50. I, I think it's big. a little bit, yeah, over-exaggerated. Yeah. But I would say maybe 25 to 30. Yeah. Yeah, that's and more reasonable. Like, are a lot of these investors, is this? are they just renting out long-term leasing? Are they doing Airbnb? Like, what's the popular trend right yeah, now? Yeah, they, they like to do uh, uh, long-term lease, but... You gotta understand that these, uh, like, they're not protected. Right. These landlords are suffering. Like, mm-hmm. so many landlords are suffering right now. You know, if you don't, if you don't pay your rent, it's gonna take them six, seven months to take you to the court, small court. You know, all those oh, hassles yeah. and time and energy and everything. So for for a lot, a lot of people are scared. So and that's why they're really, really tough 
when it comes to picking up their their, their tenant. Yeah. But yeah, my my buyers they 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 like long term. They don't want to get into yeah. Airbnb or short term. Uh, all it's those too things. much management. Yeah, too it's much like a management. mini hotel. Yeah, like it becomes a job. Uh, it's it's a different topic, yeah. but I think Airbnb is going down, especially in big cities. Right? Yeah. It doesn't make sense anymore. It's just. The yeah. price is so high now. It's like there's not much difference. Like I'd rather to go stay in a hotel now than, than Airbnb. I, I agree. And I think that's a big problem they're going to have to face is quality control. Right. Um, when I go to a hotel, I, I know the level of service I'm going to expect. Right. Exactly. And when I go to that hotel, I know how I can get service if I need it quickly. Like if there's something wrong, I'll go to front desk. It's solved. Exactly. How many times we've gone. We did a we did a bit of a. Because we, we had a baby last year, and so we couldn't oh, travel okay. internationally. Thank you. And we couldn't travel internationally. So we did these, like, staycations where, like, every month we'd do a new city, like, Ontario, all over the place, up north, um, east, west, everywhere. And we did an Airbnb every single time. By the end of this, I now hate Airbnbs, and I won't stay in Airbnbs anymore because every time it was something. You'd get there, and you're like, this right. does not look like the pictures. Yeah. Oh, the fridge doesn't work. Oh, the oven doesn't work. Oh, I can't get in the door. The key's not working. And you're texting people in Airbnb, and the host's not oh, responding, and no. no one's getting back yeah. to you. And it's like... Never again. I'm like now, we're, and it was more expensive than doing hotels. But you thought I'll get a whole place. It's cool. No, it becomes work, and you got to do your own laundry. You got to change your exactly. own sheets. You got to do yeah. all your own stuff. I know. I'd rather just be pampered for a cheaper price with better service. And I don't know how Airbnb is going to overcome that because they have so many people on this platform now, but no quality control. No quality control. You don't know what to expect when you no, check in. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I think you have a valid point. I think Airbnb is. I don't think cities need to worry about it. They're, they're all trying to legislate it. I don't yeah. think you have to. I think the problem is going to take care of itself. Yeah. That that's a, that's a valid point, yeah, for sure. No, Airbnbs, I, I, again, it's I, I think in big cities that they they going down for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 tricky. It had its place, but I think that time has come. I agree. Yeah. The long term investment's the way to go if you're an investor, especially if you're buying in the market now. Yeah, you got to be able to see long term and make sense of it. Oh, hundred percent. And uh, I think it's a good thing. It's it's pre con. I always tell my clients, listen, if you're buying, make sure that we are gonna close. Yeah, and we're gonna hold on to it at least two years. And that's when the, the building actually it's up and running. So you get to the best time if you want to sell. Yeah. I don't suggest to even sell after two years. But if you have to sell, so this is a process. So don't buy it because there's an assignment clause there and I want to flip it. Right. That, that, those days are gone. Mm -hmm. You're not making money out of assignments anymore. Oh. Assignments was always a hot. Like people were making money. Now it's hot because buyers are taking advantage of uh, the market situation. Exactly. But if you are buying and I see that and I, it hurts me, that the, the selling point from some other people is just, hey, buy this. Worst case scenario, you're going to sign it. No, assignment is not that easy. You cannot put it on MLS. There's limitations. You cannot advertise it. And it's not profitable anymore because of all these taxes that came in uh, last year, right? Exactly. So HST, income tax. And you got to pay commission. At the end, there's nothing left for you. So buy it. Make sure that you close it. I don't mm -hmm. care if you live in it, rent it mm -hmm. out, whatever you want to do at least two years if you keep it for five years that's perfect yeah then take the equity out buy the next one take the equity buy and yeah. those repeat that's 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 long that's term a perfect scenario. yeah long that term. that is and that's why i agree some builders don't allow assignment yeah. um like our place we just bought it's different i know because it's detached but great golf doesn't allow assignment on these homes you have to close yeah you sign you close i think that makes sense for them it's just simple they know that and it also attracts a different kind of buyer the buyer's mindset is I'm going to close. Exactly. Not someone who's like, I'm not sure if I can do this, but I'll try, I'll stretch, yeah. and maybe I can assign it. Yeah. They're getting rid of speculation, and it's making the whole process a lot more just transparent and streamlined. And I actually like that. I, I like that too. It happened in, in uh, Miami mm -hmm. a couple years ago. Uh, I guess four or five years ago. I, sell, I sold few in Miami as well, but this is what the, there's no assignment clause anymore. 
right. and they have to pay 40% down now instead sense. of 20. Yeah. So they want to make sure that, listen, if you're buying it, yep. you have to, you got to close this. We don't want you to come and say, because I bought it so cheap or this and that, now I want to yep. flip it and then you only pay 20% or there's deals for 5%. Yep. So I, I really, really like, like that. That's yeah, it makes things a lot more stable. It, it removes speculation from the market yeah. and it leaves the serious buyers and investors who have the capital, who are a little more sophisticated, who know what they're doing. And it gets rid of all that speculation and gambling exactly. and people that were stretching. Yeah, 100%. I love that, man. Yep. So, I mean, what do you see here is the future? This is going to be a loaded question, but the future of the Toronto condo market. Like, wh where are we heading? Is, this, is there a lot of upside still? Are we flat for a long time? Like, what, what's happening? <sighs> man, it's... it's it's not an easy question to I, no. I tell you my opinion, but uh, I, to me, it's uh, if COVID wouldn't happen, this would actually happen a little bit earlier. But uh, I think by 2030, uh, we we actually following like uh, Manhattan and New York. We, we're yep. far from them, but the path that we're following, it's it's very close. Like we, it's it's gonna get to the point that uh, buying a condo in downtown Toronto is gonna be. In a wish list for a lot of people. I'm, 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 I agree. I sad to say that I'm, I, it's not something that it's uh, like I, I'm proud of or anything. It's not in my hand, obviously. But that's what that's how I yeah. see the downtown. Yeah. Downtown is going to be on it for like no one, not too many people can afford. Especially like uh, those are Torontonians are in an average salary. Yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. So you have your blue chip uh, investment, which uh -huh. is downtown Toronto. Have it. This is the right time. I have buyers that grandparents, so they put. put money in a GIC or some mm -hmm. investment for the grandchildren. Now they don't do it anymore. They're buying a pre-construction for them. Makes sense. You know, it's, it's uh, why would I put my money in GIC, get four or five percent yeah. at the most, yeah. but I know there's this development in downtown. I can get act good appreciation yeah. on it. And at the end of the day, I have a unit available in downtown. So what I see, it's uh, obviously yeah, right now it's a slow market. Uh, but again, with all these immigrations, they're coming to Toronto. Uh, lack of supply, and as soon as uh, this interest rate starts going down, man, we're gonna see a flood of buyers into the market, yeah. which they at the sideline right now. They can't decide. They're coming. They're gonna start buying. It's gonna be we're gonna we had normal like balanced market right now, yeah. right? More towards uh, buyers, yeah. but it's a it's a it's a healthy market, I would say. Hundred uh, it's it's a, it's a, it's a growing city. It's a it's a virtual island. That's how they visualize yeah. it in a city, right? So at the south you're at the lake, at the north you're at the the green belt. Yeah. So we're following a big cities like Manhattan, Tokyo, things like that. It's gonna get more expensive, and it's it's the right time to get into the market, hold on to it. It's not a day trade and things like that. No. So you have that mentality set before you get into that investment. Hundred percent. I I think exactly the same thing, and I'm a big fan of that that thinking. And I, like, there's a lot of talk around, oh, we need to make housing in Toronto more affordable. That's fine. You can need to do whatever you want, but you're not going to be able to do it. It's no. never going to become more affordable. And people just have to accept, like, if, if you want to live in a prime area in downtown New York City, it's going to be expensive. You yeah. just have to accept that. That's what Toronto is. Toronto is not going to be meant to be affordable. It's 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 a hub. It's, it's a exactly. flagship. It's for the people that can afford it. But no one wants to accept that it is what it is. And I think detached homes in general across the GTA are going to be the same thing. Oof, not everyone's going to be able to buy a detached home moving no. forward. Just because your parents did doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it. And we have to just start accepting that and working within reality instead of all these new politicians coming up with ideas of how they're going to make housing more affordable. You're never going to do it. There's too much demand. There's not enough supply. It's never going to happen. It's easier to accept it and come up with better solutions. Like exactly. maybe how, how can we sprawl? How can we open up more land? How can we open up new areas? Then trying to figure out how to make downtown Toronto more affordable. 100%, man. No, you nailed it. The politicians, the, the one is that, 
when did you see the first like one step they took mm. to, for, for for affordable housing? There's nothing, absolutely nothing. It takes them three to five years to get a permit yeah. to, for for the for the condo builders. Yeah. But if if you reduce that, if exactly. you let them to do their job, it's, it's going to be more affordable exactly. for them, and they got they they can they can come up with the better pricing. But it is what it is. It's going to get. Uh, but, but all these tech companies are coming with all these. Yeah. These guys are, are making like triple of the amount of that the average Torontonian is making. Yeah. So they can afford to go and live and pay the rent or, yeah. or buy or whatever. So if you cannot afford, sorry, you got to get out of that exactly. downtown Toronto and live in the suburbs or whatever the case is. 100%. Yeah, we have that weird mentality of like, I, I deserve to be somewhere because I want to be. And that's just no, not the case. That's like not it's, the case. You have to yeah. just work with reality. And unfortunately, that that's what it is. And you make a good point with, with this policy. Like they always talk about it. But they do nothing. nothing. And it, it's funny to watch them talk about what should we do? I'm like, nothing. Just get out of the way. If you just stop <laughs> doing stuff, it'd actually be better than you trying to do stuff. Like, That's let true. builders build. Let land get opened up. Let yeah. projects happen. Yeah. There's so much red tape. There's so many developmental charges. There's so many things you have to jump through to get anything built. Yeah. And then they all stand in front of the TV saying like, oh, we're, we're trying to come with ideas to make things more affordable. <laughs> Yeah, just just stop existing. If the government went on vacation for six months, how's it going to get more? Oh, affordable? I know. Like they just have to not be involved. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. It, yeah. But it's it's the truth, man. And that's the problem in this country. Is like we're not we're not friendly to entrepreneurship. We're not friendly to development. We're not friendly to business. No. And no. we need to get more of that. And that's how you get prices down. That's how you get yeah. things more. Because the market wants to be the market. Developers want to make money. Developers yeah. want to build. Like yeah. that's what they do. If you just get out of the way and let them do what they want to do, exactly. they'll do it. Yeah, they're not not doing it because they don't want to. It's because you're not letting them. You're not right. letting them, and you're charging them a lot. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but I, I know, uh, in Manhattan, the the, the developers pay around, I guess, eighty per door to the city. Guess how much they're paying in here in Toronto? How much? Hundred, almost hundred forty wow. per door. That's so crazy. why do we pay? way more than manhattan <laughs> exactly. to the city so obviously yeah. that then who's going to pay for this the consumer the builder is not going to pay exactly so you you charging them more they're going to charge us more it's just there's taking absolutely zero yeah. step to, to resolve this issue and you're right please go on a vacation enjoy your yeah, vacation just, let them let other people just do go away job. for a little bit yeah that, that's the whole theme not to go down the rabbit hole but the whole theme of government policy is that it's like yeah. They do things in the attempt to make something more affordable or, or better for the environment, whatever it is, like carbon tax is another good example. Oh, my God. We're going to put, you know, if, if you don't support carbon tax, you don't support the environment. Right. It's like, no, carbon tax means that everyone pays more because everything that you're buying gets there on a truck, on a plane, yeah. on a boat. Yeah. My food's now more expensive. My clothes are now more expensive. All my building materials, which is my housing. Yeah. They talk about housing being so crazy and it's, the, you know, it's the fault of investors. It's like, or it's all the tax and layers you're throwing in everything every three seconds that's making it unaffordable. 100%. Right, and that just hurts the people at the bottom. It hurts the people that already can't afford to live. Yeah, but they they enact these policies with the theme of we're trying to help them, but you're not helping them. No. you're hurting them. No, you're not. Right, yeah. so that that's definitely a big problem in Toronto, and hopefully that changes. I hope so. Um, and I think it will, and I think that's going to be very hopeful. I think the condo market's going to be actually stronger than ever when you look five, ten years from now. Oh yeah. Partially because of all that, like there is less. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's less new project starts now happening. Right. Yeah. So there's going to get to a point where we had a lot of building. It's going to pause a little bit, and the inventory will even out over the next few years. Exactly. And I think if you own that prime real estate in Toronto, three, four years from now, you're going to look back and say, yeah, I'm really glad I did that. 100%, man. That's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, plus, on top of that, there's so many cancellation. Yeah. And then by the time we get to the market that exactly, that people are out, they're buying, the, the interest rate is low, the immigration is here, it's going to be a shortage of inventory. So yeah. if you have something, you can hold on to it. And uh, like, let me just explain this quickly as well. Yeah, So of if course. you have an assignment, like if you bought something, you cannot close, like because you cannot get the mortgage. Mm. Just bring someone in, do exactly. the joint venture, 
uh, you know, give them some equity for, from what you paid. Don't lose the whole money. Hold on to it. Like, close it with the hard money. Yeah. You know, pay a little bit more interest. And yeah. after two, three years, you're going to laugh. You're going to cover all those interest that you paid yeah. because as, as you, you nailed it, honestly, man, when we get to that point that everything is back, people are buying, interest yeah. is at, it's low, there's not going to be much inventory in downtown Toronto. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. And history history gives us that answer already. We yeah. know. You look at New York, like you said. Oh, yeah. You look at any of these cities and like you look at London, it's just that's what it's going to be. doesn't matter exactly. what you do. Those cities are hundreds of years ahead of us. That's exactly where yeah. we're heading. Um, there's no way to avoid that. So it's better to accept that now, make yeah. your investment decisions accordingly, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and go from there, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. That was of a really course, interesting man. conversation. Oh, that, was, that was really fun. I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, I'll man, be inviting I me again. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. I, I learned a lot. And I mean, in the new year, too, we should see where things are at and have you come back on. And we'll go from there. But how can people reach out to you if they want to connect? What's the best uh, way? I, I'm pretty active on my uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. So my Instagram handle, it's Armin. No, sorry. Broker underline Armin Broker. God. Got it. Say it again. <laughs> broker underline Armin underline Partage. What my yeah. last name. Or 416-843-7030. And my um, pre-construction website is torontoidealhomes.ca. And the Century 21 is my, my resale one. But uh, nice. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty active on, on, on Instagram. Perfect. So we'll link all that in the podcast underneath <laughs> as well, that. hopefully. <laughs> and uh, Anthony will get that all linked up for everybody. And uh, they'll be able to click through. And of course, if they have any pre-con questions, you're definitely the guy to go to. Thank you. Thank um, you so we'll hopefully send some people your way. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. It was fun. Appreciate awesome. It. It's a pleasure. Thanks, brother. Thank Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Inside Canadian Real Estate. Guys, don't forget, if you liked the episode, if you found it enjoyable, if you learned something, if you liked our guest, if you liked our topics, don't forget to subscribe to Inside Canadian Real Estate on Instagram. That's where you'll find all of our clips posted. We're also sharing on YouTube. So just search Inside Canadian Real Estate on YouTube. Follow along. And please, 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 if you really want to help the show, because again, there's not a lot of Canadian content on real estate. We're putting a lot of money and time into this. If you really want to help us expand, don't forget, subscribe to the show on wherever you're listening to your podcast. Leave a review if you can, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. Follow the show. Don't forget to leave that review. And please, if you found it useful, share it with somebody. Share it with a friend. We don't charge you for the show. We don't run any ads. All I ask is you share it and help us get the word out. Thanks again, guys.